Hey everybody and welcome to a brand new episode of FanRag Sports Premier League Podcast with me, Sebastian Noren, Polly Costell, and Elliot Niblock. Uh, we said that winter was here last episode, but man, if winter wasn't definitely here before then, it was definitely here now. Freezing conditions. No, you're being a baby. I am. It was below freezing <laughs> today. Oh, 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 it was minus two when I biked downtown this morning. Ugh. Okay, you I should not be out, biking. I took out my winter coat on Saturday and had to put it back in the closet on Sunday. Yeah, it's it's just bad. It's bad. I've been spoiled for all the years in Arizona and California, but now yeah, okay. winter's back to kick my butt. That's for sure. And and you get used to California quickly. Oh yeah, and I mean Arizona too. Now I think they are in the like high sixties. Whoa. Yep, yeah, that's right. I'm going are there the pools freezing? Yeah, I mean, they <laughs> the are. The pools are freezing over. You can yeah. play hockey on the pools in Arizona. It's so yep. cold. Yep, exactly. I mean, they're breaking out their winter parkas now, and it's high 60s. Uh, <laughs> but let's um, let's take a look at what we have in store here for match day 15. Uh, we're coming off some European games here midweek. And we'll see if some of the English teams can carry that form into the weekend. But uh, first game we'll talk about is the early game on Saturday. That's Watford taking on Everton at Vicarage Road. And, you know, Paulie, from what you saw from Everton last week when they played United, do you feel like they're in a good position here to actually pick up a win? Because it's been a while. Yeah. It has, and no, I don't think they're in a position to pick up a win. I think, <laughs> I think I'm in a position where, like, if I kind of, you know, don't really wake up before nine thirty, you know what? I just won't, I won't be busting my balls to wake up to watch this game. Yeah. If I want to sleep in on Saturday, that seems to be very much on the cards. Because Everton, they haven't impressed me at all, and no. they were, they were bad. Uh, again on Saturday, and they they did the all right. Like United got a goal. Let's just wait until Jose Mourinho brings on Marouane Fellaini strategy, and then try to take advantage of that. And we discussed that at length on Monday, and mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. it worked. Yep, it worked. And and it's funny because I read an article yesterday where they totally eviscerated uh, Fellaini. We could talk about that later. Um, so yeah. yeah, I mean they they they. They benefited from United just doing the whole, like, we're going to take our foot off the gas and let you come back into this game thing. Mm -hmm. Watford, let's see. So Everton got their last win on match day 10 against West Ham. Watford, they had their last win on match day 12 when they beat Leicester 2-1. After that, they lost to Stoke and to West Brom. So both these teams got their last wins against crappy teams. Yeah. Or teams that are not informed, that's for sure. I, I, you know. It's debate because I, I, I don't think West Ham or Leicester are crappy teams. They're just that they, they're just not yeah. informed. Yeah. Teams that yeah. haven't been informed for three months. Yes, <laughs> yes. Let's put it or that four way. months. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, Watford coming off that three-one loss on the road against West Brom. Yeah, I mean, I would probably get up to watch this, but I'm more inclined to get up early on Sunday to watch Chelsea against West Brom. Yeah, I'm. I mean, let's be real. I think I think that Everton Watford is a fascinating matchup. I mean, I think they're within two points of one another in the table, not 
exactly where in the table Everton would want to be, pretty happy with where they are. I think Watford must be, but I'm not waking up at 5.30 a.m. to see <laughs> I was going to say, it's a fascinating matchup, and I'll read about it when I get up. <laughs> yes, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Let me know but... how that one plays out. <laughs> yeah. One game that I know that... But I do yeah. want to point out that someone who I believe is feeling okay, I don't think... Seb is sick or anything. Mm. I believe he's feeling okay, but he did just say, I'm more inclined to wake up early to watch a game that features West Brom. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> that was a line that was just said, and I and I don't think it was said ironically. No, it was yeah. not. It was not. They've actually been playing pretty well. And I mean, definitely gotten results. You know, they might not be the most entertaining team to watch, but they definitely have gotten results. So, but we'll talk more about them later. Uh, one game that I know Elliot will be up for, that's Arsenal against Stauk. Oh, yeah. At the Emirates. Um, is this a uh, is this a game where you think everything is just going to keep on rolling, or you're a little bit I mean, afraid on this one? I, honestly, I'm an Arsenal fan, Seb. I'm always a little bit afraid. We live in a constant <laughs> sense of existential dread. <laughs> but... I mean, Arsenal should win this game, mm-hmm. right? Even with even with Stoke coming off their 2-0 win at home against Burnley. And again, like I, I think that this is a game that if we were going on the road, I would be a lot more nervous about. But Arsenal are in fantastic form. There's a chance that we may have Hector Bellerin back at right back, which would be huge. Uh, he's back in training. And I think that he's both important for Arsenal defensively and also we just look so much more confident in attack, not just because he's good at pressing up the pitch, which he is, but also because he's so fast that he provides a safety valve. And I think that it's clear that we just we don't move the ball out to the right hand side as much without him. Mm -hmm. So, you know, the fact that he might be back is huge for us. And even if he's not, I still think that you got to choose Arsenal in this game, even with Gabriel Paulista as a center back playing fullback. Right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So Arsenal coming off a four to one win against Basel midweek here in the champions league, uh, hat trick by Lucas Perez and one goal by Alex Avobi. They, uh, they took that top spot there in their group ahead of Paris Saint Germain. So collapsed against Ludogorets at home. Yeah, that was not good. Uh, so we'll, we'll see who they get in the draw. That's on, classic, that's classic, on Monday. Classic Arsenal to win the group the year that Real Madrid and Bayern Munich are in that other pot waiting oh, for yeah. them. It's going gonna, it's gonna to be one or the other. I, well, yeah, I, you, can't, you can't draw Leicester. Well, Leicester won. So you can't draw Man City. Uh, Real Madrid can't draw Barcelona or Atletico Madrid. Yeah. So, uh, Bayern Munich can't draw Dortmund. Uh, you can't draw PSG. So yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're it's. I think it, it's like it a thirty-something percent chance of you drawing one of those two. There, that's yeah. It's it's. I mean, what was I saying about existential dread and a constant yep. sense of <laughs> just being? It's hopeless. just like it's like you guys were like, oh, of course we win the group this year. And Bayern Munich aren't winning their group. So we're going to draw Bayern Munich again for what would it be the third time in the last five years? Yeah, uh, I think it might be six. But yes, it, I mean, it's it's either Bayern Munich or Barcelona. And, and when and when you avoid Bayern Munich, getting Real Madrid is going to be a big time kick in the in the gonads. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Well, until Mr. Erzl scores a hat trick against them and sucks his thumb at the Bernabeu and I laugh. 
Yeah. Okay. Yep. <laughs> I, I'm. Yeah. I'm waiting for that to happen. Yeah, me too. Also, uh, you see what Arsene Wenger did today about well, he... about Otso and uh, and Sanchez and their contracts. No. What did he do today? He just came out and said like they got 18 months on their contracts, and if they want to leave, we're not going to sell them, and they'll have to play out the last 18 months, and then they can leave. So, it's an interesting move if you're Arsene Wenger because. Well, we he's all kind of think in charge of the team, then. Right. We all kind of think he's got one foot out the door, and that could easily be like, uh, "All right, I'm just gonna ride you guys out, and then if you want to leave, then when I leave, you'll you guys can leave, and and it won't be my problem. And that could be, and that could really hurt Arsenal if they don't get any money for those guys and they leave. Well, I don't. I I. We'll we'll cross that bridge when we come to it. All right, We're crossing Arsenal, that bridge when and, they come to it. But right now, you're already in a money situation with them. Like they want money, you're not giving it to them. Mm-hmm. Which is just so it's just so asinine. It's just right, like it, it is. And and I brought it up. I mean, we we spoke about it last week or on Monday about how you know I Arsenal fans are trying to to get on me right now about my team's managerial situation, and I'm just waiting for Wenger to step down because you're going to go through the same thing, and you. Have, agreed with that and well, i tried the, to bring it up yeah. there's a good chance you go through the same thing no i i totally agree but the most frustrating thing is that before alex ferguson stepped down you guys didn't suffer from the issue that we have of just this like ridiculous miserly quality and i think that part of it is coming from wenger maybe a little from gazidis i think it also has to do with stan kronke owning the team and feeling like all of his sports teams should be cash cows. And so mm-hmm. he hates the idea of it even just breaking even, yep. but you have to pay these players market wage. Okay. Does it suck that market wage is dictated by the oil billions invested in Manchester city and Chelsea from, you know, like the middle East and Russia respectively. Yeah. You can maybe think that that sucks, but it's still the market price and you've just got to pay it. You can't just like show up at a restaurant and be like, no, I want lobster for 75% of the market price. You pay the Ertzel price and that's it. Just give them a thousand pounds a week. It's also, it's also just, let's not pretend like that stadium and that fan base doesn't live in the most expensive part of London. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, (laughs) it's, it's, it's becoming that. I mean, Chelsea was a lot pricier before the Emirates was built. Like, so, and now I, th- I think that the Emirates is certainly having an impact on the... Like, either either way, I brought up that point to some of my other friends these days who love to rib on me for my managerial situation. And I just said, look, get it out now. Like, just throw all your venom at me now because in two years, I, I will have so much fun laughing at you when you're in manager hell. And the response was, no, don't worry. We have Eddie Howe coming through the door. And I was like, you really think that you're not going to suffer a drop-off with Eddie Howe? I mean, and the thing is that, admittedly, as a partisan, I I think it was stupid of Man U to hire him, and it's kind of funny, but I mostly just like watching Jose squirm himself. Oh, I like course. laughing at Jose Mourinho. Of course. You know. Of course. I, I would, I could, 100%. I mean, I'm laughing at Jose Mourinho. Yeah. Like, yeah. It's, it's, it's just the idea of Eddie Howe stepping in. And look, I think Eddie Howe's a great manager doing a great job. I was born with, but would he be successful at Arsenal? You can't, you can't say that yet. No, um, yeah, absolutely. And, yeah, absolutely and, and I, my response was, we, we hired a manager who pulled fifth place finish out of after fifth place finish out of his ass at, 
at Everton, a team that had no money. They had a squad that went like 14 players deep, yeah. and he just kept finishing fifth, and we brought him in, and it happened. And, and I remember saying to a friend that summer being like, yo, it's fine. Like, we have all this money. We're just going to throw money at people. It's going to be fine. We're returning a team that just won the t- title. Um, and my friend said, you don't understand. You just lost your identity. And that's yeah. a big – that's something that Arsenal have to remember is when Wenger leaves – you lost your identity yeah. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. and you need to find a new one. And Manchester United have yet to do that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, no matter what players they bring in. Very, very true. Yeah. Right now, Ozil is the highest paid player on the team with 140,000 pounds a week. And Sanchez is right behind him with 130. Um, Jeez, if you get paid 140,000 pounds a week at United, you probably aren't even good enough to make the match day squad. Yeah, no. And I mean, Theo <laughs> Walcott is making 110. Yeah. So I, I mean, they, the, and the thing is that it's just, this is the last thing I want to say about this, but mm-hmm. like that, that it's so short sighted to refuse to pay them those wages because the amount of money that you'll have to invest in a replacement who's even two exactly. thirds as good is get that equivalent. And then some, yeah. So, yeah. And having them both leave on free transfers would be just dumb. I don't, yeah. Again, it's, I, I don't, I'm I'm obviously frustrated and passionate about Arsenal paying their players what they're freaking worth, but I also think that you know we'll we'll see that uh, they could both be on long term contracts come April, depending on how the season shakes out. Yeah. Well, and but I would say this: if you if if you were to win the Champions League this year, um, and you don't sign Sanchez to that deal, he's as good as gone because oh, he's yeah. a South American player. He's got no ties to like the, the Champions League. He would have won the Champions League and he's got an offer for four hundred thousand pounds a week from in China. Yeah. So well, I mean, we'll what <laughs> I don't he also strikes me as a man of like particular loyalty and integrity in that sense. Not but that he's I think also, that he would be you know he, he's also gonna be dead by the time that contract runs out. Remember yeah, he's playing summer he, tournaments mm, four years in a row. Every year. Every year. Five years in a row actually. Yeah, five years. Anyway. Let's head on over to Leicester against Manchester City at the King Power Stadium. Uh, Leicester, they got thumped by Porto in their last group stage game in the Champions League, suffered a 5 nothing defeat on the road. They mailed it in. They mailed yeah, it in. They, That's squad, what we noticed. There's, there's yes, an asterisk there. They mailed it in. Yep. So now on Saturday they could put out their first team and still lose. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, they're coming off a 2-1 to defeat to Sunderland in the league. And, um, yeah, before that, it was a draw to Middlesbrough. It was a loss to Watford. It was a loss to West Brom. Tie against Tottenham. And then all the way back, match day nine, they had a 3-1 to win over Crystal Palace. So this is a team that is in much need of a win. They're in 16th place on 13 points. And, um, yeah, just two points above the drop. Yeah, and I I don't know. I think that there's a very real chance that they are in the relegation zone after this weekend. Oh, but yeah. what Manchester City team is showing up? Yeah, that's. I mean, that's a fair question. Yeah, yeah and, and it's not going to be one with Sergio Aguero. No, And it's not going to be one with of... much competence, you know, coming off the debacle against Chelsea and then the Dragon Celtic. Mm-hmm. But, I mean, this 
this is just this is they're playing like City. This is what City did last year without Pep Guardiola. Then Pep Guardiola comes in, they score a million goals in the first six weeks of the season, and they're sitting in the same boat as they were last year. Yep. Yeah. I mean, if right now, if the season ended six weeks from now, if we were in the final home stretch of the season, you'd be saying, well, City are probably going to be fighting for fourth place. Yeah. Yeah, well, I... Yeah, but the t- I mean the table is so tight that's hard to say. Even if right, there are only but, six but weeks the, left. But if you're heading into the final stretch, you have to you have to base it on current form. Obviously, right now there's a lot of times there's a lot of time for things to change. There's a lot of time for people to get injured and for Chelsea to come back down to earth and for Arsenal to Arsenal. But if you were in the final six weeks of the season right now, uh, there's not as much time for that. You have to base it on current form. And Chelsea, Liverpool, Arsenal are all playing much better than City. And uh, Tottenham are the ones that maybe if they figured it out, they can give City a run for their money. Otherwise, City would be, you know, sitting comfortably in fourth place. Mm. Okay, so, well, so based on current form, do you guys give Leicester a chance in this game? Nope. <laughs> they have three losses and two draws in their last five in the league. City, they're on three wins, one draw, one loss. Same as Liverpool. This, I mean, if Leicester gets, I this isn't so much of a, of a. I would say Leicester are gonna get something from this game. It's almost more of like a. Well, Manchester City might give them something. Mm. Yeah, that, I, I, think if, I think if, that's a fair way to put it. It, it would be like it, it's. It's kind of like how I said after that United Arsenal game, how uh, Arsenal didn't deserve anything from that game, but United definitely didn't deserve three points. Yep. Yeah, I mean, it's, uh, yeah, they got to get something going here because, I mean, it, it would just be embarrassing for them to go down in the relegation zone, even if it's only for a week. Ass reigning champions. Whatever, their fans don't care. No, they're still we're high. They're going on a European tour. Exactly. European they're tour, they're, European they're still tour. high on that Champions League uh, qualification. So. <laughs> and by the way, it includes Portugal, Copenhagen, and Bruges. Yep. God, they looked out. Both in terms of but, like but, opposition they can beat and beautiful places. But also like you could point to your trophy cabinet at a trophy. Yes. Yeah. Like I mean, and, and a and a Premier League trophy at that, which is something that only five other teams in English football can do. Yep. I mean it's it was a it was an achievement that even even if they get relegated, I still think they can kind of thumb their noses at the haters and be like, you know what? We won it. We did it. Right. And you like, can... That was an unparalleled experience and will go down probably in history. I, I mean, it's it's incredible. Yeah. You could go to Liverpool and say, hey, look, I see your 18 first division trophies, but do you have one of these? <laughs> mm-hmm. Do you have one of these from when they restructured the league and made it much and made it literally uh, – uh, a league for the big boys and made it impossible for a team like us to do what we did. And, and Oh, by the way, you guys were one of the big boys that were supposed to benefit from this league. Yeah, that is true. But I do, I do feel like that if they would, you know, God forbid, if they would get relegated, that would put a pretty big damper on it though. I still think oh, yeah, they're, they're again, I still think they're way too good to get, go down. I think they're way too good to go down too but again if you if you went to a Leicester fan three years ago and said hey you're going to be in the Premier League for the next four straight years what do you think you're going to be doing each of those years they would say we're 
Like, I would hope to God we'd be at a lower mid-table, but we'll probably be in a relegation battle every yeah. year. Yeah. Yeah, and then you and, – and even I think that, you know, you talk about deals with the devil of that sort. You go <laughs> to a Leicester City fan and say, hey, you want to win the league and – in you know, as a consequence, get relegated the next year and then not Where do make I it sign? back for a decade. Yeah, Where do I sign? Yeah. Immediately. Mm, yeah, we'll see if the fans get anything to cheer for on Saturday. Uh, then Sunday, the early game there, 7 a.m. Eastern. That's Chelsea taking on West Brom at Stamford Bridge. Uh, yeah, we've spoken at length about Chelsea's fine form here. Eight straight wins. Now, to only conceded two goals in those eight wins. And, I mean, it, they're just on fire. But the question is, is are West Brom going to be their attacking West Brom of recent selves? Or are they going to be the West Brom what's dirty up the game, make it mucky and try to prevent Chelsea from scoring? Oh, absolutely the latter. Yeah. Absolutely okay. the latter. How many red cards? How many red cards in this game? <laughs> I think probably just one. Probably just one. And it'll be against West Brom, for sure, yeah. because yeah, of definitely. something Diego Costa did. Yeah, no, I feel like, you know, West Brom should not try and go and play Chelsea on the road and try to play an open game. No, that's not no, going to go well. Eventually, there will be a hard foul, and because Chelsea know how to take a hit without over reacting mm -hmm. i'm sure it'll this go down year, totally what i said this year they do yeah yeah i'm sure there won't be any pushing after that hard foul and yeah i'm sure that that'll that game will go down without a problem mm. well i wonder if diego costa is finally taking lessons from cesc fabregas like this is how you instigate while not getting sent off and get the other side <laughs> sent off <laughs> yeah um, I mean, yeah. I mean, Do yep. David Luiz, David Luiz was doing it. David mm -hmm. Luiz, what he was doing to Sergio Aguero last game was ridiculous, and he got away with it, and Aguero didn't. True. Can't believe that. It's, it's, you can't be that blatant, though. Aguero was well, so blatant. That's the thing. Knowing how to not get caught is a skill. Yep. It's a skill, and uh, you know, I'm, a, I'm. A, I'm a Rangers fan. I watched Sean Avery for like four years while the league hated him. And he's just a guy that gets under people's skins. And uh, like, he wasn't a violent player, but did he cross the line all the time? Mm -hmm. And, you know, you, he just was good at not getting caught. Scott Hartnell in the NHL, same way. Uh, guy that I've always said, love to have him on my team. When he's not on my team, probably the most hated player in the league. They, they just, they know how to get under your skin. And, uh, apparently that's what Chelsea works on in training because they've already mastered the whole formation thing and like playing football. So they're just bored. And now they're figuring out a way to entertain themselves. <laughs> now it's antagonism. One one with Antonio. Yeah. Conte. <laughs> mm. yeah. We said former Manchester United defender, Rio Ferdinand said that Conte has a much easier job than Mourinho has. Yeah. Uh, hello. And he said, you just have to give him time. He's coming into like a new system or something or like that. And it's like, and he blamed like, you know, the players or something. It's like Antonio Conte is using the exact same players that Jose Mourinho failed to win with last year. 
Yeah, he yep. said. Um, what Col- real Ferdinand said. Just well, no yeah, David Luiz, no. right? David Luiz. No, so he says that, uh, let's see, quote, I just think that Conte was starting with a better group of players, a team who had more cohesion and players who had the potential to be more of a team. And we're seeing that now. And finished 10th. <laughs> yeah. They finished 10th last year. And, and, and yeah, they brought back David Luiz, but like, let's be honest, David Luiz was not the reason why they finished 10th. No. no, well, I do, I do think, though, to Conte's credit, that David Luiz has a lot to do with the success of his formation with three at the back. Oh, yes. Well, he's a player that fits the formation. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, which, I mean, again, though, you have to give Conte credit for being like, okay, now we have this player back, ultimately making that task, tactical shift a couple weeks into the season and seeing it pay off and... Or it's I'm or it's I'm going to want to play this formation. I need to get a defender that can play it. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, we mean, should. We don't, we don't know. We, don't yeah. know. we should say last season uh, they played a two-two draw at Stamford Bridge. That was in uh, mid-January. Cool. You know who Chelsea's manager was last year? Well, mm-hmm. it was in mid-January, so yeah, it was goose hitting. Yep, it was there goose. Yeah, James McLean got a late equalizer for West Brom in that one. So we'll see if they can get something similar going here on Sunday. Then last game we'll talk about, that's Manchester United against Tottenham. Uh, Man U coming off a win in the Europa League over Soria Luhansk. Uh, and Spurs are about to join us in the Europa League. Mm-hmm. Yay! Poison Chalice, Poison Chalice, one of us, one of us. Yep, so Hendrik Mkhitaryan and Slatan Ibrahimovic scored for United in the win there. Uh, I mean, there was even questions. Seven goals this... in six games for Zlatan, by whoop, the way. Uh, wow, I'm, I'm, I'm kind of shocked that, Paul, you're the one who brought that up, not you, Seb. Because <laughs> Seb has labeled me as like this... Slatan hater, hater yep. and it's it's not true. I just I didn't like his attitude when he came in. It was like, yo, go score some goals first. Like, be a be what Robin Van Persie was uh, three years ago, and then you could act like you're the oh, king of Manchester. I mean, come on, Paul. We all knew coming into this season that Seb was gonna be like the overprotective mother-in-law for his Latin Ibrahimovic. It's like, how dare you? Like, well, no, no, but but I I, I love him. He's he's done what? But you said that bad thing that mm-hmm. one time. And also, yep. I just I don't I don't think I don't think he should be playing every day. No. I think that you have two other really good young strikers who need who need to get a game every once in a while, and it wouldn't hurt the team or it wouldn't hurt Zlatan to come off the bench once every four games. No, and I agree with that. I absolutely agree with that. But it's nice to see him in scoring form and it's nice to see Mkhitaryan really coming into his own here now. Yeah, he sure is. He sure is. So but, that, I that's mean, definitely a is, positive. They, the, the, the thing about United is they took care of business in the Europa League. They got to the next round and at this point, it's December. I know it's early, but put all your eggs in the goddamn Europa League basket at this point. Yep. That's where the focus should be because there's just there, you you don't you're not getting it done in the league. Uh, you seem to be a lot better playing against non-Premier League teams. You know, f- work out your kinks in the league, but you know what? Finish finish tenth for all I care and win the Europa League because it's there's too many teams to try to leapfrog that are already that are further ahead of you in the process to yeah. try to finish in the top four. Yeah. I mean, they got nine points up to man city and fourth 
and then you know six points up to Spurs. If they beat Spurs, then you know you could. Yeah, but that's what does fifth place do? <laughs> oh no, no, it doesn't do anything. And think about it, that's nine points. You still have to go to the Etihad, where, by the way, Jose Mourinho does not do well historically against Pep Guardiola. But what if he gets himself suspended for that game? <laughs> you think that Jose Mourinho, with that ego, is going to get suspended before the Pep game? Those two guys had it hard enough keeping their egos in check for the game that they <laughs> did play. Like, I mean, just... Do you think that just, he'll be suspended uh, again this season, though? Of course. Okay. Just, you just wanted to get that out there. But, I mean, here's the uh, here would be the dream scenario that I'm sure Elliot would get behind. And and it comes from <laughs> it comes from Spurs fans. You, we all know how Spurs fans are. They hate the Europa League and they want nothing more than to like they pre- I know I know my friends a Spurs fan. He was rooting for them to lose to Moscow. Yeah, so of that course. They, I know I'm sure many were. Yeah, so they want to be out of that Europa League as fast as possible. And then I dropped the little carrot into him, and I said, well, to be honest, United are kind of playing really well in the Europa League, and at a certain point, they're going to realize that's where our bread is buttered. So as long as United are in the Europa League, you kind of have to take it seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then I realized that there were some rule changes made, and and the Europa League winning it wouldn't actually uh, knock the fourth-place team out. Except for one situation. If whoever's in fourth, so right now say Manchester City. Manchester City. Uh-huh. <laughs> who are they, who are, by the way, not playing well. So say Tottenham puts their eggs back in the Premier League basket and they actually go on a good run and City continue to be inconsistent and Tottenham finish fourth and City finish fifth, but City win the, the Champions League and United win the Europa League, Tottenham gets booted out of the of the Champions League. Yes. Oh my God, that, that would be, would be super Spursy. <laughs> that would be so Spursy because it already happened to them like four years ago. Yeah, yeah when freaking Drogba, oh my God, when Chelsea were as bad as they were up until last season and then Drogba, of course, beats Bayern Munich in Munich to kick Spurs out of the Champions League. And wouldn't it be, wouldn't it be tremendous for all these fans that are like, that are, that are just like, we need to get out of the Europa League so that we can con- concentrate on the league. And I'm just like, you know what? Like, maybe for you, especially this year with a young team, maybe it's worth it to put your eggs in the Europa League basket. Try to win the Europa League. And maybe you'll finish eighth. And you know what? Is that the end of the world? And I said, it's, it's not the end of the world if you – it's certainly better to finish eighth in the Premier League and, and win the Europa League and go to the Champions League. Even for a team like Spurs, it's probably better to finish eighth in the league and go to the final of the Europa League and, and be the runners-up and just get that cup run experience for all their players and then next year not have to deal with the European commitments, mm-hmm. which, by the way, that's kind of working out for Liverpool. Oh, yeah. Oh, and yeah. Chelsea. Yeah, both. Well, yeah, but Liverpool are the team with a young team that made the run. Mm-hmm. You know, forget the league. Don't worry about that. And they made the run to the Europa League final. And... They took that experience and they're using it well this year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll see what this game has in store, but uh... it's going to have marijuana Fellaini in store. That's Ugh. the problem. <laughs> and no, and I read, I read this article as I was saying before that uh, you know Jose Mourinho brings him on because he didn't like the uh, the aerial attack that Everton were bringing on, and it just wrote about how Fellaini didn't win a single header 
all game. And most games, Marcos Rojo, who is smaller, wins more headers. And Ander Herrera wins more headers. And the whole that Fellaini brings height and, like, helps you out in these aerial duels isn't actually right. And, like, statistically, he's just awful. Like, he doesn't complete passes. He doesn't win headers. He doesn't dribble. And it's, why is he on the field? And, like, the article is like, he's probably on the field because when Mourinho last won the title, he went to Old Trafford and... United took a corner kick. Uh, Fellaini chested it down, and Robin Van Persie smashed it in the net. Like, yeah. and Jose Mourinho probably looks at that. You know, like he brings him on as a plan B, uh, like Louis Van Hall used to. When we're down by a goal late, it's like, oh, we'll bring on Fellaini and we'll bomb the ball into the box. That's never worked. No, he's not good at headers. There we go. No. You know, it's, another. It's just but like it's it's sort of like Peter Crouch. He was always super tall, but he could not head the ball. No, but Peter Krupp so scored lucky. goals. Yes, that he did. And like found himself in good situations. It's the like when you listen to like Mourinho when he explains why he brings on Fellaini, and it's like there's no statistic that backs up anything that Mourinho says. Yeah. Which maybe is the he's like thing. a maybe he's like a reverse Samson, and if he finally cuts his hair, he'll find his power and suddenly be a great header of the ball. <laughs> it's it's just like he came on and it was it was more just a coincidence of how funny it was that he was the one that gave away the penalty even if it was soft mm-hmm. it's more of just he came on to you know because Everton were lofty in headers which by the way when you bring out another defensive player it just invites them to do that more and he didn't win a single one so like how did he help you there yep yeah he he, he cost united last game that's for sure that's for sure. So Tottenham, they came off that they're coming off that three to one win over Siska Moscow. Also, and, apparently by yes. by the end of the season, he mm-hmm. will have more appearances for Manchester United than Robin Van Persie. Oof. Which is just so ridiculous to think about. And there's a couple of other players, I can't remember the list. Mm. But yeah. like it's just so ridiculous. Yeah. So Spurs got that midweek win over Moscow and then they had a five nothing win over Swansea last weekend in the league. So they're in pretty good scoring form here. Uh, Eric Bailly back in the lineup, though, for United. And then got hurt today. Yeah. Yeah, I, I don't... I mean, there was already talk about the pitch being absolutely horrible. So I don't know why he was... Why do you play him in the, in those types of conditions? And then Mourinho freaked out, and in, in a rare situation, he was actually right. Like, why, why do you play... You don't play... You don't play European matches in Russia... In December, so why why does the Ukraine get matches? Mm-hmm. But yeah, like why was their match being played? It didn't make sense. Nope. Uh, yeah. To be honest, though, yeah, Eric Bailly's been really good, but I will say this: uh, I hate on him all the time. Marcos Rojo as a center back is much better than Marcos Rojo as a left back. Oh yeah, and, and uh, is not playing terribly. And Phil Jones has quietly been playing really well. I mean that's that's how it should be though. It should yeah, there there should be <laughs> no no but I mean there should not be any because there was a lot of Phil Jones hype, right? And that did not serve him well at all. That just, no no way too much pressure on Jones. So yeah, he can just if he can just you know go under the radar. That's perfect. Uh, let's go to our scoring predictions uh, heading into this week. I'm at 84 points after getting. Five correct games and the Manchester City Chelsea scoreline correct. Paulie used it in second with 101 after getting six games correct and the Middlesbrough Hull scoreline 
And Elliot, you're in the lead. 109 points after getting six correct games. And the Stoke Burnley and Everton United. Oh my God, Jose just Jose and Fellaini really just saved me with that scoreline mm-hmm. at the very saved end. you from what extending your lead. Well, with well, oh yeah, I guess I would have extended it by one point to so six to seven. Oh well. <laughs> so those are uh, the scorelines heading into match day fifteen. First game here, Watford against Everton, the game that Polly will just sleep on through. <laughs> So, what do you think the scoreline is going to be when you wake up? I'm going to say 2-1 to Watford, but I actually think they hit them for three. Okay. But I'll go two. Oh, wow. I'll go two. No, I... It's I, at Watford. Like, I know. Would, look, look, again. Yes. The Premier League, like, once once this league starts to get even slightly predictable, they throw curveballs at us all the time and we're due in for a week where all of us get like two or three mm. if we go by the book so Everton are due in for like a 3-0 win over someone I just right now I just it, like getting it at Watford like I don't know I'm gonna go 1-1 one, one. Uh, I'm gonna agree with you on the result but say 2-2 two, two for the scoreline okay 2-2 two, two. and then we got Arsenal against Stauk they're gonna hit one goal I'll give Stauk <laughs> one goal but oh, oh, okay. okay. Arsenal. <laughs> no, I'll go three to one Arsenal. Um, I. Granted, it's been frustratingly correct, but I want to give Arsenal a clean sheet in this one. Okay. And granted, that's contingent on I'm immediately going to regret this prediction if Hector Bellerin, who's back in training, doesn't actually make the starting eleven, but. I'm going to say 2-0 to the Arsenal. I was actually going to do that too. Um, You know what? For the sake of being different, because I can't really catch Elliot, and I'm not really worried about Seb catching me. Understandable. (laughs) I'm going to go 2-2. I'm going to go with the start of Arsenaling happens this week. All right. It's just just everything. You know, Arsenal always – they always just drop a game, a home game. Not completely drop it, but drop points in a game where they shouldn't do it. Uh, a 10 a.m. Saturday game seems like it's either going to be a frustrating draw or like a 4-0 win. And I'll go the draw. Okay. Then we got Burnley taking on Bournemouth at Turf Moor. Burnley coming in with this into this fixture with three straight losses. Bournemouth, they have two wins and three losses in their last five. They picked up that incredible 4-3 victory over Liverpool last weekend. Uh, Burnley at home, though. I mean, that's where they've been playing their best. So I'm going to go with the home team. It's going to be 2-1 Burnley. I'm going to go 2-0. I'm going to go 2-0. I just think both teams are going to have a go for it. Like, Bournemouth isn't scared of Burnley because, you know, like, they're scared of everybody. Um, I'm going to stick with the result, but I think, I mean, I think you're right. I'm going to go, uh, yeah, I'm going to go 3-2 to Burnley just because they're at home. But I agree that, like, it might be some running and gunning in this one. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Then Hull against Crystal Palace. Oh, I'm actually God. infuriated because I was between 2-0 and 3-2. 
And LA just went 3-2. Mm. <laughs> <But that> was... <laughs> What's this one? Hulling Crystal Palace? Yes. Yeah. Oh, all right. Crystal Palace, Sorry, they guys. finally got a win. They beat Southampton 3 nothing. That ended a long line of defeats for them. Hull, they are really bad in defense, but they only lost one nothing last week into Middlesbrough. I I think I think Hull are going to take a point at home, but they're going to continue shoddy defending. Well, actually, no, I I can't, I can't pick Hull City. <laughs> Crystal Palace are going to win two to one. Two to two one, one, Palace. Okay. I'm going to go four nothing, Crystal Palace. Woo! I'm gonna go two, two. Okay. Hey, I'm go. gonna go two, two. This is I, I, was, you know what I'm doing right that now. That was the scoreline I almost picked this time. It's like I'm sitting there. I'm sitting there like right now. I'm like uh, I'm working a one-two count, and I'm looking for the breaking ball from the pitcher. Mm. And if you give if if you give me that dead center like 90 mile an hour fastball, I, I'm it's gonna freeze me. Okay. And I'm gonna I'm gonna go down on strikes, but I'm looking for the breaking ball. Okay. So here is our next game, a very important game in the relegation zone: Swansea at home to Sunderland. Bob yeah, Bradley I mean, God, in in des- Oh uh, God. Yeah, yeah, that is a such an important game. Bob Bradley needs that win. Desperately. Desperately. Apparently, his it- job is safe though. So. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, Sunderland coming off a 2-1 win against Leicester. Swansea, they got thumped by Tottenham. We spoke about that one before. 5-0. Sunderland, I mean, they got three wins in the last five. Oh, God. Yeah. I know you want to pick with your American hearts here, boys. (laughs) No, man, I'm trying to get points. trying to get points. I'm waving the bias out of it. 1-0 Swansea. Okay. I'll bite the bullet. I'm on definitely that going one. in a different direction than Seb. Yes. So now I feel more, more confident about my pick. Uh, I I don't know. I think Seb sounds right, but I want to choose a different scoreline just for the case of it. It's gonna I'll be do Gilfie. two nils. Two nil. Gilfie gets two. Gilfie gets two. Wow. I'm going to go 3-2. Swansea? Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll go Swansea on this. Okay. You guys are forgetting. Swansea just won 5-4. And, yeah. uh, I mean, Sunderland aren't great defensively either. And mm-hmm. Swansea are bad enough that Jermaine Defoe is going to, you know, have, have a say in this. Mm. <laughs> mm. Then we got that Leicester Man City game. City should take care of business even without Aguero. Uh, Inacho has done well when he's been playing. So let's make it 3-1 to one City. Oh, God damn it's happening. <laughs> uh, I... I want to give Leicester a goal at home, but I don't think it's going to happen. 3-0. I will go with Elliot on this and go three nil. So we'll get a draw because I I want to go draw here, but I it, this is more one of those like if I pick a draw, City are gonna blow them out, and if I don't, then then they'll get the draw. Mm. Yeah, rather drop the points in the podcast and then have City drop the points in the league. Yes, yeah, <laughs> that, give me at least at least a win there, and and because no, 
They drop points in the podcast. I won't lose any ground. Yep. So I'll go 3 0. Okay. Then we got Chelsea against West Brom there, the early game on Sunday. Chelsea, they're going to keep on rolling. They're going to have some fun. They're going to score four goals. And West Brom is going to get one on a set piece. There we go. Mm, no, they're going to score four goals. It's going to be four nil. Oh. Yeah, West Brom's not going to score at all, but Chelsea's only going to score three times. I'll give them three. <laughs> yeah, three I, I, almost, I almost chose that one. Then Manchester. No, you know no? what? I'm going to give okay. Chelsea two. Two, okay. Ah. Mm. Uh, Manchester United against Tottenham. It's so easy. I'll let you guys go first, but you know what? You know the score. <laughs> one, one. Yep. Yeah. I. Hmm. I will go one, one until they prove to me they can end a game otherwise. Okay. But there's just now, no when it when if you're gonna keep doing one ones, I'm just gonna keep taking the points. Garrett, the United are gonna take the points from this one. It's gonna be two one. I hope I you're know right. What Manchester United team you're watching. <laughs> <laughs> then uh, Southampton <laughs> they yeah exactly Southampton they play host to Middlesbrough. Mkhitaryan's gonna get dropped so that Fellaini can come in. Mm. Oh God. <laughs> God. Yeah, so Southampton, Middlesbrough, uh, Southampton, they suffered that 3 nothing defeat on the road against Crystal Palace. Are Southampton at home? Yes. Give me 2-0 and run with it. Uh, yeah, God. I'm going to give, I'm going to give Middlesbrough a goal. I'm going to say 2-1, Southampton. Okay, I'm going to go 1-1. One, one. And then the last game on Sunday, that's Liverpool at home against West Ham. Who God. This, this could have oh so many goals God. in it. Oh, God. It does. It does have so many goals in it. If if they could figure out a play like without Coutinho. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, but they even they scored, even they scored three goals last week. Okay. Yeah, I mean, even I then, West Ham's. Pick. I'm going to go defenses. last, but I know my pick. Make your picks. Okay. Four three. One of you steals my four three Liverpool. Uh, three two Liverpool. Okay. So we're on the same. No, Seb is expecting seven goals. Yes. That's that's a lot. Elliot's expecting five, and he's correct, but. What you guys forget is that Liverpool don't concede goals at home. 5 0. 5 0. Wow. So I guess you really are thinking they're going to learn how to play without Coutinho, huh? Mm -hmm. Well, they scored three goals last week at Bournemouth. So I think when they come back to to the friendly confines of Anfield and they play a team that has no defense like West Ham, they could score five. Man, now I want to change my pick. 4 2. There we go. <laughs> so yeah still one more goal total than you two guys so that's gonna do it uh let's get our final thoughts in before we wrap things up paul you can go first i might have a very special guest coming up on the podcast next week special podcast it's in the works so i can't say anything on the air okay mm. <laughs> look out for that next week though maybe <laughs> <laughs> Look out, maybe. Um, 
so Wenger said that even if we draw Real Madrid in the Champions League, we can beat them. We can beat them. That's right. But it's still hugely unlikely. And you know, as I've referenced earlier on this show, it's just like there's that sense of you know, kind of defeatist attitude that is prominent among a lot of Arsenal fans. But, I mean, the fact of the matter is that we could. We might. We've come very close in the past. I still, God, I hope to death that we don't draw them. So we'll see. But he's, I mean, he's not wrong. It's, it seems hyperbolic, but yeah, I think that this Arsenal team can beat anyone in the world. I also think that we should be underdogs against the likes of Real Madrid. Mm-hmm. Also, nobody's beating them in 34 straight games. So I know. A little bit. <laughs> I know. Yeah, you do have a slim chance of drawing like Benfica or something. Yeah. They'll probably knock us out if we do. Yeah. Yeah. So there's rumors that PSG are uh, trying to buy Deli Ali for 50 million pounds in summer. Good for England. And uh, I think it's going to take a lot more than 50 million pounds to uh, get Ali to leave Spurs. Really? Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah, da- yeah, I mean Daniel Levy's not Yeah, sad. Daniel Levy, he's going to ask for the world. 20-year-old <laughs> midfielder is a starter for England? Not even. Nope. Yeah, I suppose that's fair. So, maybe if you double it. And P- PSG, they have the money, so we'll see there. We'll see. Well, that's going to do it. As always, you can follow us on Twitter. I'm Seb Noren, Polly is P Castell WFAN and I was going to say Keith is Elliot was better, but Elliot is Keith was better. <laughs> and give Fanrex Sports a follow as well. And we'll talk to you again after the weekend as we got midweek action coming up too. So a lot of soccer here to cover. So until then, have a good one. Goodbye.